Well, joining me for a look at the day's equity space is Carmen Belwane from APSA Asset Management. Thank you so much for your time, Carmen. Let's start off with China. Of course, we saw last week uh, the markets really upbeat on hopes that we would see an easing in the zero COVID strategy. But uh, we did have some news coming out that actually lawmakers there are sticking to that zero COVID strategy. Um, I'm just thinking now with that, I mean, can we kind of expect um, just choppy sentiment when it comes to economic data as long as we are seeing that, 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 that policy remaining persistent? Yeah, I think uh, the policy is one of those pillars that um, is sort of leading to the negativity around China. As you've mentioned into last week, you know, I think the market was holding out hope that uh, we would see a loosening in terms of the restrictions there. But as you've mentioned also, uh, over the weekend, the National Health Commission there said, no, we will stick to zero COVID policy um, and the, the severe restrictions will remain. So I think that is exacerbated by the property market slump and in so consumer spending has been very, very weak as well. So today's data around the reduction in exports um, it severely is going to impede uh, China's uh, growth outlook going forward, which is obviously a big um, uh, worry for the rest of the world because China is one of the biggest traders for most uh, of the, the bigger nations and South Africa included. So I think all in all, uh, very, very negative. Um, but it appears that the market is still holding out hope. Uh, you know, there have been some signs from different people in China who have said, look, there has been speak about there being such slight softening, but to this point, we haven't seen policy changes yet. Yeah, and those expectations really being kicked further down the line, those expectations of a reopening um, now with analysts saying that they expect that reopening to be in the second quarter of next year after China's annual parliamentary session in March. Let's get um, into some of the news that have come out of the JSC. Of course, Friday we saw a rival bid for Yamana Gold, which is uh, the eye of Goldfields' affections. So we saw that rival bid coming in, a joint bid uh, between uh, Pan American Silver and Agnico. Um, so just looking at Yamana coming out and saying that this now rival bid is superior to Goldfields' bid and saying that it's given Goldfield five days to basically kind of come out with a matching or better offer. Could we then see this deal for Goldfields um, uh, wanting to take over Yamana not really getting over the line? Yeah, it's difficult to say at this point uh, without the final details. Um, we did see the announcement from Goldfields and their board this morning say they, saying that they, uh, in opposition, feel that it is a better deal than the um, sort of the consortium from from uh, Pan America Silver and Agnico Eagle. Um, we have to obviously realize that in the the world of gold. The, to find the gold at this point is hard, it's dangerous, and it's costly. Yeah. So uh, I can see why you know everyone is vying for this opportunity. Mm. Uh, Goldfields definitely has a very, very weak pipeline, um, and this will assist them in also diversifying and getting to well, getting out of South Africa and extending their, their international operations as well. So it's going to be difficult to see, keeping in mind that the new bid um, for Yamana now includes a cash uh, um, category or, or addition as well, which is not what Goldfields has offered. Uh, but it appears that the market feels that Goldfields would be better placed in terms of looking at its ability to actually run those, those operations, and it has 
sense from the balance sheet. But having said that, the jump in the in the price yeah. on Friday uh, says to the other side. So it remains to be seen what's going to happen. Yeah, indeed, more drama there on that front, and we'll be keeping a close eye. Let's take a look at Raubix, which uh, came out with interim results. Markets uh, really liking those numbers. Uh, that share price up about four percent on the day. So they have double-digit growth in uh, their key financial metrics, really kind of stabilizing their profit margins and also having a solid order book. At this point, uh, you can really say that there's no stopping Raubix, right? Well, I think it's one of those very, very rare stories, um, specifically in terms of infrastructure and construction, where we are actually seeing, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, this result has been boosted by the Bait Bridge uh, um, infrastructure, as well as the acquisition that they had uh, of Bauba resources. So that's definitely given them a tailwind. Slightly weak uh, on the organic uh, growth side. Um, but having said that, as you've mentioned, you know, um, a, quite a resilient number. And in terms of cash generated, very, very strong as well. Um, having said that, the order book slightly weaker than we saw at the end of the financial year 2022. Mm. But it seems that management still feels that if they're able to get conclusion on the Sunrail bids, uh, this will help to boost uh, both their obviously profitability, but also the order book as well. So it seems to be a strong number um, and pleasantly surprising. Yeah. Were you surprised by anything um, when it comes to Redefine? I think everything really kind of went as expected. So we had distribu uh, distributable income per share with a marginal increase of 1.4%, HIPS and revenue up by double digits. They sold their core assets, reducing their debt, still seeing pressure on the office side. Anything that stood out for you there? Yeah, I think it's just a dividend that we were a bit disappointed in, um, slightly weaker than expected and, and down from the previous period. Yeah. Uh, having said that, you know, retail seems to be strong and we've seen that come through in terms of footfall from the various uh, apparel retailers in their numbers. Um, we're also seeing industrial, the industrial uh portfolio doing really, really well. But as you've mentioned, you know, office space, albeit that they have prime office um, assets, still not seeing that recovery. Um, there is some sort of light at the end of the tunnel, I think, in terms of, of the other two, as you've mentioned, but we're still seeing rental reversions uh, actually exacerbating and vacancies increasing. So lots of concern around mm. that. And so be an insight into the next few months for property sector. All right. Well, let's uh, quickly get to your stock pick for today, Carmen. Um, I'm holding strong and firmly to MTN. Uh, we did come off what I thought was good results in last week, but the market seems to disagree with me. Um, but I still stand firm that the fundamentals remain resilient. Um, they are very, very, the share price has been very, very weak. So it still remains a good entry point. So I'm standing firm with that one. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time and for your insights today. Carmen, that was Carmen Belwane from APSA Asset Management.